Everybody, this is Brother Frank with the Remnant Call, and welcome to another episode. Um, I'm excited, um, not just for having Brother Benjamin on tonight, but I'm excited because Jesus is coming soon, folks. Yeshua is going to return, and all the words of the Lord's book will come to pass. Yes, though it seemed like they tarried for a season, it will happen, and you are now seeing the Lord's word beginning to be fulfilled all over the world. As we've seen it in the past, now we are beginning to see a show like we've never seen. And if you read the word, it's just going to get crazier and crazier by the minute. And so with that, I'm going to bring on tonight, Brother Benjamin, to get into this program. And we're going to open with some prayer. Brother Benjamin, are you here? I'm here. Amen, brother. Brother, I'm going to ask you just open us up with some prayer and let's jump right in. Oh, hallelujah. Let's look to the Lord in this hour. Amen. Lord, thank you for having warned us of what was what's what was down the road a week ago, two weeks ago, what is upon the people of Israel today, what is coming upon the world tomorrow. Lord, we come with thanksgiving because you are still in control. We come before you with praise and honor because you're still the Almighty One. You are still the God of all glory and praise. You're still the God of Israel. Lord, we stand in the gap right now. We pray for the people of Israel. We pray for the the women, the children, the men, the soldiers who were captured by by these criminals, these monsters. Lord, I ask that your Holy Spirit would reach out and touch them. Lord, that you would comfort them, that you would reveal yourself to them, that you would quicken them with the, with the faith in the word of God, faith in the truth of the God of Israel. Lord, I pray for their safety and their deliverance. We pray especially for the little children that have to be terrified. Lord, put your angels around them and don't let these demonic monsters harm these little children. Lord, I pray that they would be miraculously delivered, even as you promised, Lord, that you would protect that which is yours. So, Lord, we lift the children before you. We, have, we lift the innocent lives before you. Amen. We lift your people, Israel, before you. We lift your city, Lord, Jerusalem. We ask, Lord, that your will would be done and your kingdom would come within that which is your nation and your land. And that the IDF be given God's speed. Lord, Amen. that the innocent on, on every side of this war that is now exploding upon the face of the earth, that the innocent would be protected. Amen. That the righteous would be delivered and the final judgment would come upon mm-hmm. those that are appointed to darkness for eternity. In Jesus' name we pray. And Lord, bless this program. Give me strength, Lord. I'm pretty exhausted from seven days of difficult times. Lord, we just lift this program up to you and we invite the Holy Spirit to come. Hallelujah. <clears throat> come, Lord Jesus. And Amen. Take this program. Let your word of truth come forth in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Brother, I'm going to just qu- quickly get you going here. Three little quick observations that come to mind. Babylon went to bed one night, had no idea the next morning they were going to wake up to a new kingdom. 
Israel had some protection and the Iron Dome had no idea what was going to happen to them the next morning after. And look at the what happened. America also is soon to come that fate of going to bed one night and coming the next day to be a total shock and surprise. Folks, do not allow yourself to wait any longer. Get this thing right with God now. Brother, I'm turning to you. Amen. Yeah, in one hour, the world changed in Israel. It did. You know, 6 a.m., everybody was asleep in their beds, asleep in their heads, too. (laughs) Hard to believe it was the anniversary of Yom Kippur, you know. I mean, I would have sent a a letter or a phone call, but you're right. Nobody would have listened to me. I'm nobody. But I would have told them, watch this window of time. Everything in the scripture and everything in the heavens is pointing to an explosion on the earth. And sure enough, here we are. The Jordan is flooded. The crisis has begun. You know, for those of you that have any doubt, this is the first chapter. Or, you know, if you've really been paying attention, this is actually the second chapter of World War III. Um, you know, if you want to count all the secret weapons and the rumors of the wars, well, you know, the beast went to war with humanity a while ago. But but it's open it's open military warfare in Ukraine. Now phase two is the Middle East. And so the crisis in the flooding of the Jordan has come. And um, those of you that understand the lateness of the hour, no doubt you feel the stress of realizing that you know this is coming to the whole earth very soon. This war that has come. I remember years ago, um, a believer had had a, a dream, and um, and in the dream, they saw they were standing on the beach, looking out over the horizon, and the the sun was setting, and it was absolutely, you know, red sky, beautiful sunset, and all of a sudden, all of these letters started just falling from the sky in the distance on the horizon, like the movie The Matrix. And the letters were all in Hebrew. All of these Hebrew, you know, the word of God spoken in the original tongue is now falling upon the earth, coming to pass upon the earth. And then all of a sudden, a war erupted in this dream and, and, and bombardments began, battleships began firing, planes and jets began bombing. War erupted all over the earth. And in the dream... This person cried out, Lord, what's happening? And and um, actually, they were told, call your brother Benjamin and ask him for the interpretation of the dream. And uh, this was like 2012, I think, you know, 11 years ago. And I remember as they described it to me, what I heard in my spirit was, now begins a war which no man can stop. And, you know, the crossing of that, that, line where all of a sudden the word of God came down upon the earth and then the world exploded in judgment. You know, the world has crossed that line. We crossed it at the 70 years of Babylon in 2020. We crossed it with the bio-warfare that erupted that same year. We crossed it with the, the attack that was waged against humanity using, you know, unseen weapons. People thought they were getting helped and protected and they were actually being betrayed. 
and and then we saw the war erupt in Ukraine, and now it's spread. Now we're in a conflagration no man can stop. You know, this is the covenant of death that is now being annulled. I was listening to Carol, Carolyn Glick, G-L-I-C-K. You guys who know her, um, you probably heard her report on the war. Those of you that don't, it's worth looking Carolyn up. She's an expert in Middle East politics. She's an expert in the conflict. And her first assessment was the peace process is dead. The covenant of death, which is the Oslo Accord. You know, this, this process of peace whereby the, the apostate leaders of Israel, Rabin, Perez, and the rest of these men who mocked the word of God, saying the, they did not believe that the Bible was a grant deed to the entire land of Israel. Well, you know what? Their portion is in the eternal death. And the word of God is the grant deed to life. And all who live will walk therein. The grant deed most definitely is a grant deed to not only the land of Israel, but to the eternity of life that is coming. And only those who embrace the word will live. Everyone who opposes the word will die. And those that hate me love death, says the Lord. Well, the Hamas, that word in Hebrew means violence. You know, and as you, we've seen, you know, these are monsters. A well-coordinated attack on the E, the anniversary of Yom Kippur, ended the covenant of death. And, and as Carolyn Glick so eloquently articulated, the peace process is over. The theory that Israel could live in peace side by side with these terrorist organizations that that have seized political power. You know, Hamas wasn't elected in a free election. Hezbollah wasn't selected in Lebanon any more than the than the satanic armies of of the Ayatollah were were elected in a free election. You know, the beast doesn't believe in free elections. They only care about who counts the votes. And so these beast-like governments have come to power, and now we're at war with the beast. Israel's at war. And it's not its not just Hamas. As Carolyn Glick stated clearly, Israel is at war with all of these empires. They will be fighting Hezbollah in days. The, Iran is moving armies now towards the land of Israel. They're going to be fighting Iran. And ultimately, they're going to be fighting all of the allied forces of both the Arab terrorist states and the communist countries. In what the prophecy describes in Ezekiel 38 is World War III, in which both Israel and then America is attacked. And Frank, it's, it's absolutely astonishing how fast this thing is moving. I mean, when was the last time I was on Remnant Call? Was it a uh, It was about... Three or four weeks couple ago, weeks four ago. years ago, yeah, something like that. Three couple weeks, weeks ago, maybe. Ago. Yeah, and um, and I was recently on Coast to Coast AM with George Nori, and pretty made, made it very clear. You know, the next event, phase two of the war, is the Middle East is going to explode. A week later, boom, the Middle East explodes. This is just the beginning. Israel's blacking out the um, the internet in Gaza. The ground invasion is 
probably going to begin under the cover of darkness. So it's probably already underway right now. And as the sun comes up in the morning, they're going to basically destroy the northern part of Gaza. And Israel doesn't care about public opinion. They already know the whole world will turn against them. So the prophets have declared. Israel already knows that as soon as they begin to destroy the enemies that have sworn their annihilation, political opinion is going to turn against them. It already is. In today's day of rage, we've had protests from the universities across the United States to all the major cities in Europe where you know the, the error of bringing in millions of Muslim immigrants who will never culturally assimilate to the West, who all the, the majority of them view themselves as, as responsible to wage jihad against the West. And, and the same insanity is being reenacted in the United States as our enemies pour across our southern borders. Chinese troops, Arab terrorists, people that are coming for looting rights, millions. The Lord said, I'll fill you with men like caterpillars. They just crawled. They walked right in. So here we are on the eve of the destruction of the modern world. And nobody knows how fast it'll go. There was an analyst today who, um, his name was uh, Guy Golan. He was reported in one of the British newspapers saying, uh, World War III could begin by Sunday. And, and, and you know, and then he modified his statement. He said, well, you know, perhaps it's just, you know, Instead of five days from now, perhaps it's five weeks away. But it's not five years. You know, I've been pounding the table for months saying, you know, perhaps it explodes in October. Perhaps it rolls over to the next year. Well, it exploded in October. And at the pace that we're moving, this thing's going to surprise people how quickly this fire begins. But let's read just a little bit, if we could, from uh, Isaiah 28, the, the prophecy that deals with the covenant of death, which Israel signed on the White House lawn, Yitzhak Rabin, Yasser Arafat, President Clinton, September 13, 1993, 30 years ago, 30 years and, and 30 days ago, Israel signed a covenant of peace with the enemies of God and agreed to surrender the land of Israel to their enemies in exchange for a mere promise of peace. Even though the scriptures were very clear, the Lord spelled out emphatically in the law, he said, the land is mine. You are not permitted to give it away. You are not permitted to sell it. Israel is renting, if you will. Israel occupies the holy land, which belongs to the God of Israel, with the Lord as the land Lord. He's the Lord of that land and he owns it. I don't own it. You don't own it. No man owns it, nor can any man sell it to another. And so when Israel signed this covenant of death, the Orthodox rabbis came out and said, this peace treaty is a violation of the word of God and therefore illegal. You cannot surrender God's land to God's enemies. 
And by the way, God does not negotiate. He offers terms of unconditional surrender. Those offer, those terms are offered to every man, every woman, every child. The Lord has provided a means of surrender. You can surrender and, and stop fighting the God of heaven. And you can become born again and you can be saved from the wrath that is to come. Or you can continue on in your self-will. The alternative to surrender is annihilation. You will be judged and sent to hell for eternity. And that's what the world is now facing. The peace treaty has been annulled. What comes now is the whirlwind. Let me read a little bit from the word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woe to the crown of the pride of the drunkards of Ephraim. You know, and these they're drunk with their own power, whose beauty is fading, which are the head of the fat valleys, and they're overcome with wine. But the Lord has a mighty one and a strong one who has a tempest of hail and a destroying whirlwind with a flood of many waters overflowing. And he shall cast down to the earth with the power of his hand the crown of pride, the drunkards of Ephraim. They will be trampled under feet. And the beauty will fade like a flower. And in that day, the Lord of hosts will be the crown of glory. And he'll be the diadem of beauty unto the remnant of his people. You know, folks, what are we, what are we going to do? You know, what should we do? What can we do? We can trust in the Lord our God and we can fast and pray and we can repent and we can search our hearts and we can do everything that you know from the Lord that you were commanded to do. And that's all that you can do in the hour that is upon us. Hallelujah. But the leaders have erred through wine. The priest and the prophet have erred through strong drink. Those watchmen, they've all erred. They're asleep. Just like the Israeli military was sleeping when the enemy came walking into their bases. Many of the soldiers were killed in their bunks. It's unbelievable. Your leaders have erred in vision. They will stumble in the judgment and fall. Now here's a scripture we should all take to heart. For all of the tables are full of vomit and filthiness. So there's no place clean. Well, right there, that's a reason to stop eating. Start fasting so that you could clean the table in your life. The vomit and the filthiness. Which the Spirit of God declares is everywhere. When the Lord says all, the word is kol in Hebrew. I did a word study on it. It means all. No exceptions. All of the tables. There is no place clean. Well, you know what? The remnant is going to clean house. What should we be doing? Cleaning the vomit off of our tables. Cleaning the vomit off the floors. Cleaning the blood and the blood guiltness off of our homes, off of our lives. We need to be in a time of deep repentance. We should be in solemn assemblies right now. But who can I teach knowledge to? And whom can un who will understand the true doctrine of the Lord? Only those that are weaned from the milk. Those who've been drawn from the breast. Those who have matured. For precept must be upon precept. And again, precept upon precept. The revelation of the word of God is built. One scripture upon another. Where we lay a foundation of truth. We don't interject the opinions of men. 
We let the word of God declare the truth. We don't go beyond what the word declares. The word declares every table's full of vomit right now. So what does that mean for you? Well, you need to do some house cleaning. Right now, there's no place clean, so says the word of God. Line upon line, here a little, there a little. And here, with stammering lips and with another tongue, I will speak to this people, Israel. To whom God said, this is the rest wherein you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing that is available in the house of the Lord. Yet they would not hear the word of God. And the Lord's been calling people to his rest. You know, a lot of people are confused right now. A lot of people are still drinking milk and they're... A lot of people are still throwing up on their own tables and they don't even know it. And they've not entered into the rest. The true Sabbath of the new covenant is entering into the rest of the presence of God. And this is what the weary are crying out for. This is a weary land. God's people are looking for the way out of this. And the way out is actually to rest, be still, and know that I'm God quietness and rest you shall be saved but they would not you know, the people want to react in the flesh you know and it's just going to get you killed it's not going to bring any peace and it's not going to it's not going to even be profitable maybe you still get delivered whatever we do in the flesh from this point forward is a wasted time wasted time but the word of the Lord was unto them, precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little and there a little. And I've preached a little bit of the word of the Lord here and a little bit there. And the Lord has other spokesmen out there. The Holy Spirit is speaking directly for God to the hearts of many. And so the people go and fall backwards. And isn't that amazing? You know, all these... Crazy, I call it charismatic gatherings. People love to fall backwards, don't they? Don't fall, that's like some sign or something. God's enemies fall on their backs. God's friends fall on their face. Amen. When the Romans came to arrest Jesus, and they said, we're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. And he said, I am he. When the Lord said, I am 400 Roman soldiers were knocked on the ground for the power of his word, declaring that he's the almighty. I am, and I'm here, and he's coming again, and his enemies are going to fall backwards again. His friends are going to fall on their faces before his throne. Those who fall backwards, they're being broken. They're being snared, and they're being taken. I'm not going to repeat that Bible study, but, you know, the ones that are broken are brokenhearted, and that's a blessing. You know, if your heart's broken, then you've been given space to repent. Out of that broken heart, you can find the repentance and the forgiveness and the cleansing of God. If you've been snared, then you need prayer. You need fasting and prayer. You need deliverance. You're bound, but you can be delivered. You can be set free. There's hope yet for you. But if you've been taken, well, I mean, God can still rescue you. But the majority of those that are taken, they're being taken and they're not coming back. 
Therefore, hear the word of the Lord, you scornful men, who rule my people Israel in Jerusalem. Because you said we've made a covenant with death and with hell we're in agreement. When the overflowing scourge of war shall come through, it will not come unto us. For we've made lies our refuge and under falsehood have we hidden ourselves. Shimon Peres quoted this Bible verse in his book, The New Middle East, in which he said, we've entered into the Oslo Accord so the overflowing scourge of war would not pass through the land of Israel anymore. Well, here we are after the 30th anniversary. 30 is the number of maturity. The covenant of death has matured, even as it has been prophesied that following the maturity of the covenant of death, it will now bring death to the world. And the overflowing scourge has begun in Israel. It's begun with the flooding of the Jordan, but it's going to end up flooding the whole world, and it's going to end up with a, with a flood of judgment coming upon America, Babylon itself. So Israel turned to a covenant of death. They put their hope in the promises of men. But look what God says in Isaiah 28, 16. Thus saith the Lord, behold, I lay in Zion a foundation. God's got a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone. And upon him shall a sure foundation be built. And he that believeth shall not make haste. So right now, you know what? If, you're, if you find yourself getting all caught up in what's happening, here's what I want you to do. This is actually therapeutic. This is a blessing for you. Why don't you take your hands, okay, and, and cross them over your heart. Put your left hand on your right shoulder. Put your right hand on your left shoulder. I want you to hold on to yourself. And then I want you to tap. Go ahead and tap your shoulder. When you're freaking out, when this thing is blowing up in your city, when fear is in the way, I want you to grab both shoulders and I want you to tap on one or both of your shoulders and I want you to say to yourself, I'm okay. The Lord is with me. I don't need to be afraid. I'm going to stand in faith. I'm not going to make haste. My God is able to deliver me and you're going to comfort yourself. You're going to calm yourself down because believe me, what is coming will bring great temptation to fear and panic. And fear and panic will rob us of our peace. It'll damage our faith and, and it'll, it'll basically eliminate our ability to think logically and rationally, which means it'll make it more likely that you get yourself killed. And so there's, there's no benefit to becoming afraid of what is ahead of us. There's no benefit to panicking. There's no benefit to being gripped with fear. We are going to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Every single one of us will walk through this valley, but we're not going alone. And, and our fear and our panic does not protect us. So, you know, just practice this. If you find yourself getting all nervous and all worried, I'm serious. This is actually a therapeutic technique. I've been doing some studies on the narcissistic generation, which is this last generation and and people that have suffered severe narcissistic abuse. And one of the therapies is, you know, they never had any comfort given to them. So you've got to comfort yourself. Benjamin, and, can I, if I could say yeah. real quick to, about this, folks, just remember God said, my peace have I given unto you. And if you get scared and afraid and like say holding yourself like that, I was brother, I was already practicing it in the chair as you were talking about it. 
uh, remind, say, Lord, I'm, I know you said your peace you've given unto me, but Lord, help me to receive it. I'm struggling to receive it. Look, folks, God is big enough to, to understand that. It's okay. He gave it to you. And if you're struggling to receive it, just ask him to help you receive the peace that he's promised. He didn't ask us to go through these last days in terror and fright. He He promised peace. And that goes against everything that any psychiatrist, psychologist will ever tell you. But it's true. Brother, thank you for that. I was actually testing it out. It, it oddly does make you feel comfortable. It actually works. <laughs> it's sort of a therapy for the, for the, you know, the unconscious part of our natural mind to just, you know, be, look, there's life and death in the words that you speak. If we keep speaking all of the news, it's full of nothing but death. Okay. If we speak the promises of our God, and if we affirm ourselves that we're okay, the Lord is with us. We're okay. When this whole war erupted, I, I, I was, you know, like everyone, blown away. I wake up on Saturday morning, like what? Everything blew up last night. Here we go. And, um, you know, I was expecting things to blow up on some level here in October, and sh- did, October has not disappointed. But you know, um, at the same time. We've got to learn to stay in peace because if we get caught up in the news, not good. And the truth of the matter is we're entering the 70th Jubilee, you guys. We're we're entering the, the year of my redeemed, said the Lord. We're, we're good. Look, if you're in the remnant, you're good. Now, pray for the people that are being hurt. Pray for the children. Stand in the gap and pray for Israel. Pray for the innocent. Pray for the babies all over the world. Pray for those that don't know the words of faith like we do. But as I was watching this thing early Saturday morning, I'm just like, whoa, here it is. They just expanded it to phase two, right? This is World War III. That's obvious. And it's not going to stop. This thing is just going to just continue to blow. And I, I thought, Lord, speak to me. Give me a scripture for my for my role in this. What's going to happen to me, Lord, in the time that is ahead? And I open my Bible to the Lord has covered your head in the day of battle. I just thought, wow. Okay, I'll 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 receive that scripture. God's covering the hand of his I should say the head of his remnant people in the day of battle. So praise the Lord for his blessing and, and his protection. But this covenant of death that Israel signed, it's not going to cover anybody. The covenant of death is, is, is only going to bring disaster. It already has brought disaster. And, you know, then it says in Isaiah 28, verse 21, for the Lord shall rise up. Okay, God's going to get involved. This just isn't a war with the Russia and Ukraine. This isn't Iran and Israel and America and Russia and China and a long list of other countries. The Lord himself will rise up as in Mount Parazim. Go research that word para and paran or go back and listen to the study we did on that word. It's where God breaks through. It's where God separates the righteous from the wicked. It's where God redeems his people. And it's where God brings judgment down on the head of the wicked. He's going to rise up as in Mount Perazim, and he is wroth. The Lord is furious for the anger 
His anger is furious over what's been done to the children, what's been done to the innocent animals, what's been done to his creation by these wicked men. Now the Lord is going to do his work. He's going to do what only he can do, his strange work, and he will bring to pass his act, his strange act. And that includes cleansing his people in the trial by fire. You know, a lot of the church wants to believe, they want to pretend we're all going to disappear now. Well, you know what? You better pack your bag. Open up your sunroof again. Because if you're sure you're flying away, you know, I wouldn't want you to get your head banged. But, you know, nobody's going anywhere. Absolutely. It's such a disaster. It was such a lie. Go read Jeremiah 23. You know, the last days they'll tell the people of God, you won't see the day of evil. And the Lord says, they lied to you. And woe to the pastors and the teachers that teach these lies. Not a one of them will be in the remnant. Now, I'm not saying they're losing their salvation. They're just going to lose their heads in the days that are ahead for having deceived the people of God. Because the people that listen to this nonsense, they have not made ready. You know, they're not ready mentally. You know, we've had time to process. You know, we might die. Yeah, right. Some of us are going to die as martyrs. You know, you know some of us know that we're going to die as martyrs. It, okay, it, takes a while to get you know. You kind of need to get used to that thought that one day they're going to come and kill me. Okay, we don't stay dead; we go straight to heaven. And you know what, the Lord. Some of us, the Lord's going to ask to do what He did. Well, what should we complain? If it was good enough for the Lord, it's good enough for me. I'm not going to complain. If Jesus asked me to do something he did, I'm not going to say no. I'm going to say, Lord, if it was good enough for you, I'll do it Brother, too. I just, it just hit me that, honestly, the belief in this crazy doctrine is spiritual narcissism, that we're somehow so much better, the most wicked generation in the, in the United States, especially in Western Europe, that we're going to just fly away and we deserve because it, it's honestly, it's spiritual narcissism of course it is and it's the most narcissistic generation ever and um you know they put their prophetic yokes on people and they destroy people there are many widows in the land of israel because of these lying prophets and they don't even care the only thing they care is that they can argue their word came to pass they don't care how many people are killed they don't care what death is in the wake of their ministry you know all these false Christian ministries that had these false healing services and nobody got healed. How many, how many people had their faith shipwrecked by these men? Well, the problem was you, brother. You just didn't believe enough. Uh, no, the problem was the, the guy that was conducting the healing service, kicking people in the face with his biker boots. He was demonized. And then, you know, you're not going to get a miracle healing from him. And if you did, it would be from a demon. Forget about it. You know, but the Lord is coming, the Jubilee is coming, and healing is coming to the remnant. And Isaiah 28, verse 22, be ye not mockers. You know, so listen, when you hear the true word of God preached, you might not like it. You don't even have to believe it. But the Bible says don't mock the true word of God. Lest you want the chains on you to be made heavier. For I've heard from the Lord of hosts. And I have, I have heard from the Lord, a consumption, a desolation, a destruction has been determined upon the entire earth. 
There's nowhere that's going to escape, save the camp of the remnant. The only ones that escape this judgment are the ones covered under the blood of the cross. Hallelujah. Does the plowman plow all day to sow? Give ear and hear my voice. Let me back up a verse 23. Listen to me, the prophet says. Hearken, hear, try to understand what I'm going to say to you now. Does the plowman plow his field all day long? Does he continually break the ground and, and crush the clods of dirt? When he's made, when he's leveled the field, does he not cast forth the fitches? And does he not scatter the cumin and the principal wheat? And does he not plant the appointed barley, the anointed barley, the handful of corn that will soon be lifted up upon the mountains? For God instructs him in discretion. God teaches him. For the fitches are not threshed with a threshing instrument. Neither is a cartwheel turned upon the cumin. But the fitches are beaten with a staff and the cumin with a rod. And the bread corn, the barley corn, it is bruised. It is beaten. It is purified in fire. But God will not always be threshing the barley corn. Nor will he break it with the wheel of his cart. Nor will the Lord allow the four horsemen to trample his anointed ones. This also comes forth from the Lord of hosts, who is wonderful in counsel and excellent in his working. So, you know, look, there's two groups today, if I could be so bold to make a generalization. There are two groups that, that I would identify that within the Christian church. There's one group that has been naming it and claiming it, and they're going to disappear in a rapture, and they don't fast and pray because this is the new covenant, and and they'd rather go out for pie and coffee after church. And every Christian event they have is a potluck, and it's all surrounded about surrounding feet in the flesh. Okay, and and they won't receive anything that we say. That's one group. And they've their life has been easy street up to this point in time. They they're the ones who are who've settled on their lees, you know the the sediment and as, as the bottles of wine. You know, as they settle over time, the impurities all settle to the bottom. And if the wine is not poured out, those impurities, they just get hardened in those vessels. And so these are the people the scripture describes them as having settled on their lees. You know, they've got their pride and their narcissism and their, you know, and it's all carefully covered. It's all under the veil. And they love you, brother, till they don't. And then there's another group. And these are the afflicted of the Lord. These are not, these people don't have pie and coffee after they go and hear the word of God. These are people that go home with tears in their eyes. These are people who God's already been doing his strange work. These are people that have already been through seasons of suffering. And they're like the Josephs in the prisons. They're like D D David hiding in the cave of Abdullah. They're like Job being suffering one purging loss after another, you know, and Satan accusing them and all their Christian friends too. You know, if you were so right on, you know, God, would it be purifying you with fire? You'd be having pie and coffee with us. As they stand there with their obese, their obesity testifies against their, it testifies that they haven't obeyed the Lord. 
They're not fasting and praying. They aren't denying themselves. They haven't even been down that street. They don't even know what that means. They live in a world where your best life now, all the pleasure of the flesh, and as much as you want, and, and you can keep whatever sin you want too, because Jesus always loves you. Well, those two camps, one of them is about to be thrown into the furnace of the great tribulation. And they're going to be purified. If they belong to the Lord, God's going to burn all of that out of them in a very intense fire that's going to literally last for a very short period of time. And then the other group that's been in this purging process for so long, those are the those are the ones the Lord says, I will gather those that I have afflicted. And, you know, what... Frank, he talks about gathering them and making them as his, um, as the crown jewels, right? I will gather them and make them the jewels of my crown. Mm. Those that, that, you know, the remnant of the Lord spoke often one to another. And the Lord heard them. I'm not remembering where in the scriptures this, uh, this verse is. See here. Is it in Habakkuk? No. Not Habakkuk. Is it at the end of Zephaniah? Yeah, I think it might be Zephaniah, Frank. Let's just read that for a conclusion. Uh, um, I don't know. It's not the one in Malachi. Um, is that verse? No, it's... Now I'm... Now I'm uh, <laughs> I wish I knew. I wish our audience could chime in, but we're recording. So in any event, the Lord speaks of the remnant that he's going to redeem. And he says, I will take them up in that day and they shall be jewels. They shall be as jewels in my crown. And that's that's the remnant that's already been crushed. And that's who Isaiah's talking about in Isaiah 28, the, the corn that it doesn't get crushed by the horses that are coming because they've already been beaten down by God. You know, the Lord had, to work the work of the cross in us. You know, Jesus said, pick up your cross and, and deny yourself. And, you know, you didn't take your cross to Coco's for pie and coffee. That's not bearing your cross. Well, it's actually Malachi. Um, it is the Malachi one. Okay. Yeah, three, okay. 316. Then they that feared the Lord spoke often one to another. And the Lord okay. hearkened and heard them. And a book of remembrance was written. The Lord commanded the angels to bring me a book. Write down the names of every one of these people. They fear my name and they speak often of me. The Lord is listening. They're talking about me. I'm listening to them. And he says, write their names down for all of these people who think upon his name. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord, in the day when I take up my jewels and I will spare them as a man spares his own son that serves him. And then you will return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serves God and him that serves him not. For behold, the day cometh and it shall burn as an oven. And all the proud, and that's the narcissistic generation that we're in. It's, a, you know, the narcissists are all proud. They're the most important person in the world. All of the proud and all of those who do wickedly, they shall become stubble. And the day comes, it will burn them up and it will leave neither root nor branch, their entire bloodline. They're, 
their entire family line will be consumed in the fire. But unto you that fear my name, says the Lord, the son of righteousness is now going to arise with healing in its wings. And you shall go forth and grow up as calves out of the stall. And you shall tread down the wicked. And they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in that day that I do this, says the Lord of hosts. And remember the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded in Horeb for all of Israel with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet. He will come before the great and the dreadful day of the Lord. And Elijah shall turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the hearts of the children back to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. And, you know, and that, that prophecy of us treading out, treading down the wicked and that they would be ashes under our feet, that's going to literally be fulfilled. The wicked are going to be consumed in the nuclear fire and, and they will be literally vaporized. There's, the atomic matter will go to the upper atmosphere. It'll cool and it'll solidify again into, into ashes. And we'll be walking on those ashes as we're walking out of here. The word of God will be fulfilled literally. And you know what? Only the Lord can deliver us in this hour. So rather than fear what's coming upon the earth or fear what man can do unto us, because both of those are going to be terribly evil very, very quickly now. Let us continue to be the people who fear the name of God and the people who comfort ourselves that the Lord is with us. He, the Lord is mighty to save. He, not only can he deliver you, he will deliver Amen. you. Amen. Merely trust in his name, glorify him. You know, and for some of you guys, I, I feel compelled to say, lose the news. Maybe turn it off for a day. Look, I can tell you how it's going to end. I just read to you. You're going to be walking on the ashes of the wicked soon enough. I mean, between here and there, a lot of nasty, evil, scary stuff's going to happen. Spend more time in prayer than you do searching the news on the internet, brothers and sisters. Amen. God bless you, Frank. Thanks for the chance to share. Amen. Folks, listen, I, it doesn't matter whether it's on the King's Highway, maybe it's at the Fords of Arnon or up in Petra uh, it or in the kingdom itself. It won't be long and this thing's going to be over, but I hope we can meet and, and going through this thing, you know, who knows one day we, we might be all hiking this thing and treading on the, on the, as we just talked about the ashes of the wicked together as the Lord is faithful to lead his people out. If you haven't heard the second Exodus video, you need to go back and listen. Okay, folks, the Bible is very clear on a second Exodus. It's talked about two times in the book of Jeremiah. And when God repeats something like that word for word, which is quite a lot of words in there, he repeats, that means he's serious about it and it's going to happen. So I hope we can meet up one day before that. But if not, we're going to see in the kingdom, as Brother Benjamin said, a lot of scary things are going to happen, but that's not what God called us to the scary he called us to walk in peace, and you can walk in peace in the midst of the fear. If you've never heard the Fox's Book of Martyrs and read some of the testimonies, burning at the at the stakes, clapping, right? They said clapping didn't hurt you. It was it was it didn't hurt you bad or didn't hurt at all. I can't remember, but it, it God was able to protect in the fire. God is able to also, folks, protect us. As Brother Benjamin's been talking about for years. 
the Lord will protect that which is his and everything else is going to be destroyed. So let's get close, get in touch with the Lord. And I mean, in a way we've never known. And Benjamin is so right. Turn that news off. Turn, get in that word. There's so much more life in the word. There's death on the news, but there's life in the word. And brothers and sisters, it won't be much longer, but we need to stand fast and stand steady until the very end. This is Brother Frank and Brother Benjamin on the Remnant Call saying to everybody, good night and shalom. Blow a trumpet in Zion